Welcome to this playoff edition of the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Alongside Eli Fishman, I'm Stephen Cusimano, and quite simply, Eli, it is the greatest time of the year. The Somerset Patriots regular season has ended, and the playoffs are upon us. The first ever playoff run for Somerset since becoming the Yankees' AA affiliate. Through all of the independent years, six Atlantic League championships, and in their second season as the AA affiliate of the New York Yankees, it is the greatest rivalry in all of sports, the Somerset Patriots, Yankees affiliate, playing the Portland Sea Dogs, the Red Sox AA affiliate. So you could not script it up any better. Somerset with a historic season in a lot of different ways. Top five record in all of minor league baseball. They ended the regular season 83 and 53, the fourth most wins of any minor league team. And there's 120 of them. So really impressive season there. Over 200 home runs, 205, a new franchise record. That also ranks fourth in all of minor league baseball. The third best earned run average for the staff in all of the minors with a 3.60 mark. Over 1,300 strikeouts, a new franchise record. The list of accolades for this team goes on and on. And Eli, it would be impossible to open up this episode without first acknowledging the promotion and the well-deserved promotion at that for Yankees' top prospect, the Somerset County native out of Watchung, New Jersey, Anthony Volpe. Finally getting the call to AAA, where he has flourished over the past couple of weeks, getting the promotion on September 2nd after Oswald Peraza, the former Patriot, was called up to the Yankees. He and Oswaldo Cabrera making a big impact at the big league level, but that has opened the door for Anthony Volpe to get promoted to AAA. Couple of new faces joining Somerset as well that we'll get to in just a moment. But before we jump into all that, I do want to touch on Anthony Volpe. He ends the Patriots team leader in batting average with a mark of 251. His 71 runs scored still wind up being the most of any Patriot in spite of being promoted two weeks before the season ended. And he ends up with 44 stolen bases, the second highest amount in all of the Eastern League. And it's not just the numbers. You think of Volpe being the team leader and basically everything else at the time of his promotion. It's really the signature moments that come to mind. From his first home run as a Patriot on Easter Sunday, it was a grand slam. You think about the bases-clearing triple that brought home three runs on his 21st birthday. The mom bomb on Mother's Day. Volpe with another big homer on the Patriots Veterans Day celebration. But most notably, Eli, it would be impossible to begin this conversation without talking about how the Patriots got here. How did they get to the playoffs? Well, Anthony Volpe's parting gift on June 26th, the final day, the final inning of the first half of the season, a tie game with the Hartford Yard Goats, and Volpe hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning to send the Patriots off to the postseason as first-half champions for the first time as the Yankees' double-A affiliate. And so now Volpe is up in triple-A trying to bring that team to the playoffs and, and bring a championship to scranton Wilkesbury as well. You think about all the signature moments that Volpe had. It's a really exciting time of year at the postseason. And it's realistic to think that the Patriots very well may not be here right now if it wasn't for Anthony Volpe. Indeed, I think you said it all. But, I mean, all the numbers, all the accomplishments you could read don't really tell you the atmosphere of TD Bank Ballpark when Anthony Volpe digs into the batter's box. You say his name, the crowd erupts when he comes out of the tunnel. Everybody's screaming, Anthony Volpe, Anthony Volpe. The atmosphere, the excitement that he brings, the leadership on and off the field, and just what he did for the community in general. Bringing so many fans from his childhood, obviously growing up and watching New Jersey, 
out to the ballpark, making so many memories for so many young fans, bringing kids onto the field after the game for pictures. You know, his family obviously coming out to every single game. I think his parents made it to every one. Um, so just everything he did for the Patriots community for the their second year as a Yankees affiliate to have a hometown kid with the top prospect in the Yankees system and one of the top prospects in all of the game come to the ballpark, put a smile on so many fans' faces every single day. He just means so much. And when we look back at it in a few years, I think it's just going to be so special the year that he had in this Patriots uniform for the organization for Anthony Volpe as he's going to go on to a lot bigger and better things in the future. Absolutely. And like I said, just so many shining moments that are going to stick out. When you think about Anthony Volpe's time in Somerset, it's going to be remembered in a lot of different ways, and hopefully they can bring a championship home in his honor. And also, Volpe, in his first AAA game back on September 2nd, picked up his first AAA hit. So he's off to a good start with the scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders. But Thinking about this roster, Eli, I mentioned it before briefly. It's still an extremely talented team, top to bottom in the pitching staff, from the starting rotation down to the bullpen, and the top of the lineup to the very bottom of the bench. Indeed, you look at this lineup, so many top prospects, so many contributors top to bottom, from obviously Everson Pereira, the Yankees' number five prospect, to Austin Wells, the catcher, the Yankees' number four prospect, Clayton Beater and Yoanders Gomez, so many top prospects stepping up. But for, for me, it's obviously been the season of guys who may not necessarily be top prospects that have stepped up in this lineup. Andres Chaparro having a massive season. Mickey Gasper, Jason Rosario uh, having a huge year as well. Uh, Jesus Bastidas, who's crushed his previous career high in home runs and having an absolute breakout season in Somerset. Volpe obviously departs, but there are so many guys that could fill this roles. And you look at the guys that have been on this roster throughout the season, and you're going to look back at this baseball reference page that lists every player that was a Somerset Patriot in the year 2022, and that is going to be a very, very, very special group of guys, even not counting Volpe. It's really impressive. It's been fun to watch all season long, and you look at Volpe's promotion, he's now – I think the 15th player to be promoted to AAA that has not returned to Somerset uh, and one that has not also made his big league debut. So it's a, a group of guys that's rising very quickly. That's also going to be a fun team to watch in Scranton as they try to vie for a playoff spot. More on that later. I do want to first get into really leading the charge in the second half of the season has been Austin Wells, the Yankees' number four prospect and the top catching prospect, a top 100 guy in all of baseball, playing in fewer games this year than he did in his rookie season 2021. And nonetheless, he has shattered all of his previous career marks. And I think that he's going to be one of the guys that this team looks to as another one of the leaders in the clubhouse. And certainly he already was even before Volpe was promoted. Such a leader on and off the field. And he's done that home run total matching the career high, eventually breaking it after missing just less than two months with an injury going down to Tampa, doing some rehab. It was a tough season for him at the beginning, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but he has turned it on. And you talk about a guy, a top prospect, who just carries himself in such a professional leadership manner on and off the field, a leader in the clubhouse, in the dugout, on the field as well. And there's been so much fun to watch. And just going back to the home run record, which Austin Wells broke with that grand slam on Saturday, it's just been a testament to the work that Jake Hurst has done with this entire Patriots roster. And he said since the beginning of the year, it doesn't necessarily matter how big you are, what your exit velocities are, how far you can hit the baseball. Everyone on this team, everyone in the Yankee system is capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And if you square one up, it's going to go. So that's been a big emphasis of Hurst and working with those guys like Jason Rosario, like Bastidas, like Max Burt, who might not be the biggest guys with the most power, but they're 
swings and just the emphasis that you can use your legs or your body or whatever it is, no matter who you are, to hit home runs and get the ball out of the ballpark. And obviously, we've seen quite a bit of home runs throughout the season for the Patriots and up and down the entire Yankees organization, really changing the scope of how you view development in terms of valuing exit velocity, valuing launch angle, valuing power. So it's definitely been so much fun to watch. And with the way this player development staff has worked, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch for a lot of years. Absolutely. And you look at the minor league organization for the Yankees, top to bottom, every one of these teams has had great individual performances, a lot of promotions to high-end talent. And it's showing up in the win column, too. A lot of the Yankees affiliates from AAA all the way down to single A are in playoff pushes. And even down to the Florida Complex League, the Florida Complex League Yankees going 38-17 and 17 in their season and winning the championship with old friend of ours, Sergio Santos, who filled in as the manager for the Patriots during a brief stint during the month of July. And just goes from top to bottom, the different coordinators and various rovers who have come around and gotten to meet throughout the season. It's been really fun to watch their impact on these guys as well. But I'm glad you brought up Jake Hurst because I do want to mention Mike Ashmore, who writes for My Central Jersey, as well as several other publications. Mike wrote a really good story on Jake and all the work that he has put in and really the thing that stuck out to me about Jake all season long is not just the work ethic, but the individualization of how much work he puts in with each individual guy, recognizing that everybody's swing is a little different, everybody's body is a little bit different, and kind of just giving everybody personalized advice. And it's led to a lot of success for these guys individually. And, of course, that has led to a historically good season for this Patriots team, which ranks top five in all of minor league baseball in wins, in home runs. But let's also not forget the pitching staff. Gerardo Casa Diego, as well as, of course, Dan Fiorito leading this whole charge. Casa has led one of the top pitching staffs in all of minor league baseball. Just every category you could think of pitching-wise this year, Patriots are on pace to shatter previous franchise record marks, and that can largely be attributed to, there's been a lot of different pitchers individually, but you just look at the philosophy built from the top down, even from the director of pitching for the Yankees, Sam Breen, it's been a lot of guys also putting career seasons on the board, and you're starting to see new guys contribute on a daily basis. Matt Sauer, Yoendris Gomez, Clayton Beater, a few of the top prospects for the Yankees, guys that were not here before, but they're stepping into the shoes of guys like Sean Boyle, who was having a career season here with the Patriots with 10 straight quality starts. He's now up in AAA, along with Johnny Brito, one of the breakout prospects this year. All of these career seasons translating not just from the hitting side, but to the pitching side as well. Indeed. You talk about specifically Yoendris Gomez, Clayton Beater, and Matt Sauer all coming up from high A. Beater coming over from the Dodgers organization and seeing immediate results. All have dealt in their times in Somerset, and it's been so impressive. And you go back to talking about the guys like Boyle, Brito, Medina, uh, Ken Waldachuk, obviously, here earlier with the Patriots going all the way up to the big leagues with the Oakland A's recently. There have been so many guys that have, in a sense, turned their years, turned their seasons around had really breakout years on the mound and been so much help have been San Breen, Gerardo Casadiego. They've all talked a lot, you know, looking at the developmental side, Chris Nyden and Amanda Brady have also done a tremendous job with this team. They've all said um, the, the technology and the facilities in Somerset and the coaching staff and everything, the little things are done right in this system in the Yankees organization. So that helps them so much. And you can obviously see there's so much talent especially my favorite so far has probably been Clayton Beater. I think I've been very vocal about that coming over in that Joey Gallo trade. Big curveball, big fastball, big changeup. He has just been lights out, so much fun to watch, and he is a special pitcher. He is a very special pitcher, and it's good to see that kind of return coming back in the Joey Gallo trade with what Joey Gallo has been doing 
for the Dodgers since that trade, but he has very quickly made a name for himself after what really was a tough season in the double-A level with the Dodgers organization out in the Texas League. He gets traded out here to the Yankees organization, and you're seeing the results literally immediately for Clayton Beater, which has been really fun. And I know one thing we said when we talked to him, um, someone in a, one of our press conferences asked him, you look at your numbers in double-A um, with Tulsa, with the Dodgers organization, what do you want to improve on from those numbers considering they weren't necessarily the best? And he said, those numbers aren't really who I am. Those numbers don't really uh, give a good signal of the season that I'm having. I know the ERA might be up. I know the batting average against might be up. But from what I've seen and how I feel, I'm feeling great, and I'm looking to continue that success, continue developing my pitches, continue improving my command. And he's definitely done that. The, the raw stuff that he has on the mound has always been there. It's been about command, locating, keeping composed, and he's definitely done that. A fresh start always helps when you come over to a new organization. When you're traded for a guy like Joey Gallo, who you said has had a great tenure with the Dodgers organization so far going over in that trade, whenever you're traded for a big leaguer, I feel like it kind of puts a chip on your shoulder that you have high standards to high expectations to live up to and that the organization that's trading for you has th thinks very, very highly of you and you have to perform. He's definitely done that so far. It's true. It's been a very fun story for Beater. I'm glad you brought up some of his comments when we first talked to him the first week he was traded over to the Yankees. He grew up a Rangers fan watching Joey Gallo coming up in his high school years and lo and behold, he gets traded for him and learned the news through social media and the rest is history. Beater has been really confident staying the course and like you said, mentioned that he knew that those numbers were not indicative of exactly where he was in his development, and it's showing off in a big way here in the Eastern League. Look at how many of the top pitching prospects we have here in Somerset this year, and that's not even including guys like Ken Waldachuk, who was promoted already this season, and even Mitch Spence, who's not a top 30 guy, but had himself a nice year and is flourishing out in AAA right now. But you think about Will Warren and Yoandres Gomez, Clayton Beater, Randy Vasquez. That's right there, four of the top five Yankees pitching prospects right here in Somerset. So it's been fun to watch all of them, but want to first just talk a little bit about Gomez, another guy adding to that very long list of pitchers that's going to be very fun to watch heading into this home stretch of the season. Obviously had the elbow surgery last year that threw off his career trajectory just a teeny bit, but I mean, we're talking about a guy who was added to the Yankees' 40-man roster as a 20-year-old who hadn't pitched above low A, and that says a lot about what's to come, what the Yankees think of him, and from what we've seen so far, what I saw in Hudson Valley, I mean, you're talking about a guy with big league stuff, big league command, a big league slider, a fastball and a cutter that's in the mid-90s that makes a lot of guys look very silly. He's very composed, very mature out there on the mound. He's going to climb through the, through the ladder very, very quickly, and he's going to reach the Bronx and flourish in the Bronx. And Gomez cemented his spot in Somerset Patriots franchise history on September 7th, Game two of a doubleheader, he started the second no-hitter in Patriots franchise history with five hitless innings, only allowed one base runner, a two-out walk in the fourth inning. Steven Jennings polished it off with two perfect innings for Somerset, and that was the day that Gomez really solidified himself as a pitcher to watch in this Yankees organization. Jennings sets. Deals the 0-2. Grounded right back up the middle. Coming on is the shortstop, Astita. Sweeps it up, throws to first. In time, no hitter. The Somerset Patriots win 5-0, and it started with five hitless innings from Yoendris Gomez. It ends with two perfect ones from Steven Jennings, and they mob him in front of the pitcher's mound, doused in blue Gatorade. Everyone in on the celebration. It's the second no-hitter in Somerset Patriots history, and it's done right here at Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford on September 7th, game two of a doubleheader versus the Yard Goats.
Well, it's been a season of magical moments, and this is no exception. These are just the types of things that happen when a team is having a year like the Patriots have had. A two-pitcher effort in today's no-hitter. Yoendris Gomez and Steven Jennings combining on it, and they will forever be etched in the history books. And once again, Luis Severino, kind of that special player that the Patriots will always have in their history as the guy that started the day on the mound in both no-hitters in franchise history. Again, didn't pitch in this game, but today was a doubleheader in which the Patriots swept, and it was a doubleheader that started with Luis Severino on a rehab assignment, pitching four innings just as he did on August 8th last year to start the Patriots' first no-hitter. So they pick up their second with Severino starting the day on the mound, a 6-2 win in game one, a 5-0 win in game two, and a special night here in Hartford, Connecticut as the Patriots sweep a doubleheader. They're now 30 games over 500, and both Steven Jennings and Yuendris Gomez have thrown a no-hitter. It happened in Hartford, and it was just yet another special moment. You think about the complexion of this season, which, again, has seen this team win 83 games, a full 30 games over 500, one of the most successful seasons, wins and losses-wise, of any team in all of baseball this year. But it's just been the moments, at least once a month, once every couple of weeks, we've gotten one of these magical moments. That no-hitter, probably the best combined pitching effort we've seen by any two guys all year. But you think immediately about the best individual effort, and it's not hard to look back on Matt Sowers. 17 strikeout game, another guy that's relatively new to the double-A level, happened in one of his final starts for the Patriots in 2022. Sauer was unbelievable. 17 strikeouts versus the New Hampshire Fisher Cats during August, the most by any affiliated pitcher in the past three years. He did it over a career-high eight scoreless innings, started the game with five perfect innings, and it was just another magical moment as part of what's been a special season in Somerset. Let's look back on it. We'll hear from Matt Sauer what was going through his mind pitch by pitch, inning by inning that day. We'll hear some of the strikeouts, and we'll also hear from Sauer the next day when he was reliving his career-best start. I mean, I just felt locked in from pitch one. 2-2 two -two pitch. And he swings and misses for strike three. So that's how the night begins for Matt Sauer. Routine was completely the same, same confidence. I mean, listen to the same music before the game every start. And then pregame meeting with Casa. I mean, I thought we, we came up with a great game plan and we executed it very well. The 0-2 pitch. And he struck him out swinging. Seven straight strikeouts for Matt Sauer, who has three perfect innings and eight strikeouts under his belt. 0-1 pitch. Mark pops it up. Shallow center, out goes Volpe, waiting for it to come down, makes the catch. Five innings of perfection for Matt Sauer with a career-high 12 strikeouts. I remember there was a time, I think I got, it was the 15th K of the game, and I was still out there, and the dugout just erupted. And I remember hearing that. It was like, that's, that's kind of cool that every single person was on the top step screaming and shouting. That was a lot of fun to see and hear. 2-2 pitch. Martinez swings and misses for strike three. 15 strikeouts for Matt Sauer, who continues to steamroll in the seventh. Trying to make this the longest start of his career. Here's the 2-2. And he struck him out swinging. 16 strikeouts for Matt Sauer. He ties a Somerset Patriots franchise record in the longest start of his career. The payoff pitch. Struck him out, 17 strikeouts for Matt Sauer in eight innings of work, the most by any pitcher in affiliated baseball. Sauer was sweet tonight. I mean, going into every game, you want to have the confidence that you can go out there and do that every game. 
Um, I mean, I wouldn't say anything was anything different from my routine-wise, anything. I just was just learning, going out there, dominating the zone, and that's all I cared about the whole time. I think just getting first pitch strikes sets up for the rest of AB, and being able to bridge from strike one to strike three was, uh, I think, the best I've executed all season. Um, just using fastballs in and then throwing pitches off that. I mean, just utilizing all five pitches tonight. So. As a starting pitcher, that's, that's what you want to do. Every single time you want to have efficient, you want to save the bullpen the whole week long. Um, so when I'm out there, I'm just trying to dominate the zone, get, get strike one, and then go from there. Well, Eli, first of all, very confident guy. Got roughed up really badly in his double-A debut, giving up career highs and hits and runs. But Sauer stayed the course, was confident with his pitches, came out with a great game plan. I thought it was interesting to hear him give a lot of credit to his catcher, Rodolfo Duran, calling a great game. Didn't shake him once. 95 pitches, 75 strikes. Sauer was phenomenal. And this is a guy that really this didn't come out of nowhere. Again, a former highly touted prospect and certainly putting his name back on the radar late in this year. And a guy that has all the tools and has been really fun to watch this year. It didn't come out of nowhere for sure, but Sattler's definitely had some up and downs this season, both at Hudson Valley and, as you mentioned, it up here in Somerset. But that outing right there, it, as you said, it just doesn't get any better. Straight dominance, one of the most dominating performances, not just Patriots history in minor league baseball this season, but in minor league baseball history. No one struck out 18 in a game since 2019 in the minors. So, so impressive from him and uh, Gerardo Casadiego, too, was after the, asked a lot about Sauer after the game, the Patriots pitching coach, and talked a lot about he's still underrated. No matter what you say about Matt, about Matt Sauer, right now he's not even on the MLB pipeline, top 30 for the Yankees. He's still underrated. It's not out of nowhere, this performance. The, um, and what it says about him, his abilities, how high Matt Sauer's ceilings is, um, is pretty crazy considering just the dominance in that outing. And you may never see a performance like that ever again. It was remarkable to see right there in Somerset. It's been a, one of many great performances all year. And you start to think about some of the guys that no longer are with the Patriots. We've mentioned a lot of them already that are in AAA. And Sean Boyle making some dazzling starts at one point, striking out eight batters in a row at TD Bank Ballpark. You think about Chad Bell and some of his heroics, homering in four straight games. Blake Perkins doing uh, homers in three straight games on two separate occasions and setting a new career high mark for himself. But want to kind of transition to some of the guys that have made their big league debuts that played for Somerset this year and last year and a lot of them recently there's been some uh, kind of to begin the year scattered throughout the course of the season but since September call-ups and really a little bit before that towards the the last week of August seeing guys like Ken Waldachuk who was on this year's Patriots team becoming the first member of this year's team to make his big league debut joining a good handful of others from last year. Greg Weissert making a name for himself with the Yankees, picked up his first career win for the Yankees earlier this week. Oswaldo Cabrera also very quickly making a name for himself. Can't forget Oswald Peraza getting his well-overdue call-up to the big leagues and allowing that spot to open up for Anthony Volpe in AAA. Peraza made his MLB debut on September 3rd, joining guys like Donnie Sands, Dermis Garcia, some who were more under the radar and, in fact, didn't even make their debuts with the Yankees, but... It's a long list of players. You're looking at these guys from last year. And, and as you mentioned towards the top of the show, Eli, you think about what this team is going to look like in the rear view in a couple of years. And it's just it's a testament to how well developed all of these players have been the last couple of years here in Somerset. Definitely. You talk about guys like Dermis Garcia, who was released by the Yankees organization this past year. Donnie Sands was kind of thrown in that Nick Nelson trade, which allowed T.J. Rumfield to come over and Joel Valdez to come over to the Yankees system. 
And again, it's just a testament to the player development staff here and how impressive it is. I think the number is now 15 players from that 2020 Patriots team that have now gone on to make their debuts in the big leagues. That number is crazy. And that's only last year. We're going to see a lot more players from that team, a lot more guys that uh, played in Somerset this year too that are going to get added to that list. Just so impressive and it's so much fun. You know, you talk about it's all, it's all about that journey through the minor leagues, that, that player development journey, learning as a person, learning as a ball player, persevering through failure in the minor leagues, and working your way up. And the, the path to the pinstripes runs right through Bridgewater, New Jersey. So it was just so cool. You see, I know I've talked a lot about how the, the impact that Oswaldo Cabrera and Anthony Volpe, two guys specifically, made off the field in Somerset. All the fans, they made smile. All the fans who they became very, very close with. I know we've heard so many stories over the past few weeks about Anthony Volpe and Oswaldo Cabrera and fan interactions and giving gifts to fans and, and bringing people onto the field and just so many small things like that that they've done for the community and that they've done to make the Somerset Patriots and TD Bank Ballpark such a special place. So seeing them you know, in our home, in our ballpark, and how welcoming and friendly they were, to, to everyone, from the staff to the fans, and then turning on your TV and seeing them you know, in a pennant race with the New York Yankees is surreal. It definitely is. It really is. And you talk about the impact that Oswaldo made in Somerset last year. Look at what he's done for the Yankees this year. At a desperate time for the Yankees, where they were kind of struggling towards the end of July, beginning of August, and a little bit into September, Oswaldo has really given them kind of a shot in the arm, bringing his tenacity and emotion on the field with some of the plays we've seen him make at just about every position, too, out in the outfield, uh, third base, second base, shortstop, you name it, and Oswaldo has really made a difference, and that's why I'm really excited to see Oswald Peraza down the stretch in the Bronx as well. As the Yankees push for one of the top records in Major League Baseball this year, and we've mentioned the Patriots already in the postseason, getting that started this week, why don't we take a look one final time at the rest of the Yankees minor league organization from top to bottom in this week's affiliate report. A couple affiliates already wrapped up their seasons and one other outside of the Patriots gearing up for a playoff run. So without further ado, why don't we begin with Jake Graziano, who has the report on the Tampa Tarpons. The Tampa Tarpons season came to a close last Sunday after a doubleheader with Daytona was canceled due to rain. In total, three of the Tarpons' 10 September matchups went unplayed after Mother Nature factored heavily into the Florida State League season. The team posted a 61-67 and overall record, as Tampa was led by 35-year-old Rachel Balkovic, who became the first full-time female manager in minor league baseball history in her first season at the helm. The Tarpons came out of the gate slow, posting a 27-39 and record in the first half. However, they mounted a rally in the season's back half, going 34-28, and and missing a second-half divisional crown and playoff spot by just three games. Pitching dominated the headlines for Tampa most of the season. The Tarpons finished top five in the Florida State League in ERA, whip, and strikeouts. Juan Carella was the ace of the staff for much of the year, logging a 2.96 ERA with 110 strikeouts in 79 innings. Carella was named Florida State League Pitcher of the Week in mid-June, and he earned a promotion to High A Hudson Valley on August 4th. Marcos Cabrera and Anthony Garcia led the team with 14 home runs apiece, and they finished top five for the season in the league in that category. Highly touted outfield prospect Jason Dominguez also starred for the Tarpons. He batted 266 with nine home runs, as well as 16 stolen bases before a late July promotion to Hudson Valley. The Tarpons will shift their focus to 2023 now, with the club searching for its first league title in over a decade. 
With that look at the Tampa Tarpons, I'm Jake Graziano. The season finale for the Hudson Valley Renegades last Sunday was rained out with the Wilmington Blue Rocks, leading the Renegades to finish the season with a 71-59 record. They just narrowly missed the playoffs on the outside looking in as the Brooklyn Cyclones won the second half of the South Atlantic League North Division. Overall, though, it was a great season, filled with incredible highs and some heartbreaking defeats. Infielder Tyler Hardman tied the franchise record with 22 home runs in a single season and also set a new single-season runs batted in mark with 79. He ranked in the top 10 in the South Atlantic League in both categories, while pitcher Blas Castaño finished tied for first in the South Atlantic League with a 3.49 earned run average. Here's Renegades manager Tyson Blazer on the season that was. Going home last night and being able to kind of lift uh, lift your head up out of uh, the day-to-day grind and, and take a look at uh, the season as a whole, um, and I'm really just proud of these guys and uh, proud of where we come from. Uh, you know, we hang our head on developing these guys and being able to come out every day and, and mix development in with winning. And we've been able to do both this year. We've sent a lot of guys up. We've got a lot of guys better. And we've been able to also be in it almost to the end. So uh, looking at it in, in that perspective, uh, really proud of these guys and, and this group and the coaches and just the work that we've put in on a daily basis. Renegades are off for the next six months. Opening day of the 2023 season is Friday, April 7th, as the Greensboro Grasshoppers come to Dutchess Stadium to open up the third season as a New York Yankees affiliate. With the Renegades, I'm Joe Vasile. Entering the last Sunday home game of the 2022 season, Scranton Wilkesbury sports a 77 and 62 mark, a season best 15 games over 500. Start play today, a half game back of the Durham Bulls. Victorious in come-from-behind fashion on Tuesday, 5-4. A 4-1 victory on Wednesday. Dropped a 5-3 decision Thursday, but back-to-back wins of 8-2 and 7-5 Friday and Saturday. The 4-1 victory on Wednesday, coupled with a Durham walk-off loss at Gwinnett, pushed scranton Wilkesbury into first place for the first time since April, a span of 158 days out of first for the Railriders. We've talked at length over the last couple of months about this climb. The team in early June was 15 and a half games back and 17 games under 500. The sentiment from really June 9th and on has been all about making it to Vegas. The AAA playoffs and national championship game, a two-game weekend sprint in Sin City. Here's Rail Riders pitcher Michael Gomez and his take on Scranton Wilkesbury's rise to playoff contention. It's, it's kind of crazy because, yeah, like you said, we were 17 under 500, kind of like, ah, I wonder what's going to happen. And then the uh, sometime we played like Syracuse at their place, and then it was like, you know what, dude, let's just, why not, why not just win it and like go for it? And so then we started playing really well. Even the newcomers, or a returning player like Jason Shreve understands how much making the postseason means to this club this year. You know, I've never been on a team where this team wants to win so much and go to playoffs and everything. So it's really fun to see all these guys trying to really grind tooth and nail to, to get all these wins. I'm glad to be a part of it. It helps going to Vegas, let's be honest. Uh, but yeah, everybody wants to get to Vegas and, uh, and win this thing. One more game against the Woo Sox, off on Monday, and then it's down to take on Lehigh Valley, Grant Wilkesbury with just 10 and a half games remaining in the 2022 season. With the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. And again, with that being perhaps our final affiliate report of the 2022 season, got to give a huge thank you to everyone involved from top to bottom with our affiliate reports. 
this season, including Jake Graziano, Steve Granado, Joe Vasile, and Adam Marco. Thank you all so much for your help all season long, and we wish the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, the AAA affiliate of the Yankees, that have a lot of former Patriots on that team, the best of luck as they gear up for their playoff run. Finally, it is that time. Let's talk about what the Patriots have on the table this upcoming week. The greatest rivalry in sports, the Yankees and Red Sox, taking flight at the AA level in the Eastern League. First round of the playoffs. Somerset's been in an interesting position the entire second half because as the first half champions, they already knew they were going to have a playoff series. It was just a matter of who they would play. It winds up being Portland, but they could have very easily just sat back and put their feet up over the second half of the season, but they continue to win games. We've heard the manager, Dan Fiorito, talk about it many, many times. They want to win every single day. This team enjoys winning, and in spite of the fact that they already knew that they had clinched a playoff spot, they wanted to go out and win the second half, and they came very close to doing that, entering their final regular season series versus the Sea Dogs. Patriots had a chance to win the second half as well, but ultimately it would not matter they would face the Sea Dogs anyway. But Eli, back to the original point, this is a team that didn't need to win, but I think it tells you everything you need to know about them. The fact that they came out in the second half, a lot of new names, a lot of new faces, also a lot of the same names and faces, and coaching staff has been there leading the charge this entire time, and they have gone out there and tried to win every single day, and it's resulted in one of the most successful seasons of any team in all of affiliated baseball. And this is a team that didn't just clinch the playoff spot on the last day of the regular season with Anthony Volpe's walk-off homer. But this is a team, when they came here on the first day of the season entering Somerset, they looked like a winning team. Not just on paper, but the way they hand handled themselves on and off the field. This is a team that loves to win more than anything, and with that, loves to have fun. They mesh just the way, the how many leaders there are in the clubhouse, just the way this coaching staff has handled themselves, how much fun this team has. It's a winning environment from day one, and that's what all the players have said. Aaron Bossy, Dan Fiorito, uh, Jake Hurst, Rado Casadiego, this whole system makes it a winning atmosphere, and you put on those Yankee pinstripes, you're expected to win. Somerset and this team has known that the entire season, and they've done that quite well. And it's a fine line because you think about – just the overall purpose of minor league baseball. Of course, it's always player development. These guys want to get to the big leagues, and the individual success for a lot of organizations comes first. And a lot of times, you really don't think of the playoffs and actually winning these games as something that matters. But within this particular organization, like you said in the Yankees, every one of these teams cares so much about winning. It's a culture that starts at the top and goes right down to the complex in Tampa. As like I mentioned before, the Complex League Yankees, the first of the affiliates and probably not the last to be crowned champions in 2022. Buy your tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. As you said, it's going to be September 22nd, that first home game in the playoffs as the Yankees AA affiliate in TD Bank Ballpark is going to be rocking. And there's going to be a very, very fun team on the field, an electric environment, and I'm quite looking forward to that. And if what we saw in Somerset, the final week of the regular season, is any indication of what's to come, there is a lot to be excited about with this upcoming playoff series. You think about some of the new faces on this Patriots team, led by Yankees number two prospect Jason Dominguez, who had his first double-A home run on the final day of the regular season. That should bode well for the playoffs. He was joined by Tyler Hardman, the Yankees minor league leader in home runs, who wound up with 22 down in high-A Hudson Valley. He's also looking for his first double-A home run. Trey Sweeney, the new everyday shortstop as well, the Yankees' 2021 first-round pick. Some of these new faces that are going to be very exciting to see for Somerset in this playoff series, and hopefully there will be two playoff series in Bridgewater. Game number one, though, versus the Portland Sea Dogs. 
will take place on the road at Hadlock Field Tuesday, September 20th, and then the series will be decided in Somerset. A best-of-three series could end as early as Thursday the 22nd, could end as late as Friday the 23rd. But one thing is for sure, get your tickets at somersetpatriots.com. It's going to be a fun series, and for the Red Sox AA affiliate, a lot of players to watch for, highlighted by the Red Sox number four ranked prospect, Sedan Raffaello, who in the final week of the regular season had the grand slam in Somerset to send the Sea Dogs off as second half champions and punch their ticket for this week's series. And Raffaella, proving to be one of the most exciting players in the Eastern League, also cannot overlook Christian Cost, the Red Sox number 21 ranked prospect who has been with the Sea Dogs all year long. Team leader with 84 runs batted in. That is the third most of any player in the Eastern League. So a couple names to watch for Portland and for Somerset. We already know Elijah Dunham, Brandon Lockridge, these guys who have been with the Patriots all season long, along with some renewed energy from some of these new faces coming up from Hudson Valley after they just got done with their playoff chase. They get to go for a ring with the Somerset Patriots. Really exciting times here in Bridgewater. Somerset will take on Portland and hope to bring home the Eastern League Championship. That's going to do it on this week's edition of the Patriots and Pinstripes podcast. As always, please like, subscribe, follow, do all those great things wherever you listen to your podcast and tune into the games, most importantly, on Fox Sports New Jersey, 93.5 FM, 1450 AM. We will have coverage of every one of these playoff games from start to finish, from pregame to postgame. And when we're at home, you can also catch them on MILB.TV. It's been a special season in Somerset, and hopefully it's just the beginning. For Eli Fishman, I'm Stephen Cusimano. We will see you next time and at the ballpark very soon. This has been the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast.